When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Warning. This show contains adult political themes and language. Liberals and little children should cover their ears. Welcome to Liberty Never Sleeps, where negativity never sounded so good. Now here's your host, Thomas Purcell. Good morning and welcome to Liberty Never Sleeps. Make sure to follow the show at our website at libertyneversleeps.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Liberty Time. And now you can watch the live video feed at Real Liberty Never Sleeps on Facebook.com and YouTube.com. Good morning. You know, I was talking on the pre-show about artificial intelligence and McDonald's. And I was saying, I really want to drive one of these AIs crazy one day. You know, like Captain Kirk did in the old Star Treks, the, the, the computer would be like this omnificent God that was controlling everybody or everything or, or the net. And he would walk in and he would just say to the computer, A equals B equals C equals D and drive it crazy. And it would like smoke out of its ears and stuff. I don't know how many times he did that, you know, and it was just hilarious every time. I want to get one of these AIs like at a McDonald's drive-in. They now are like have artificial intelligence at these drive-ins. I want to drive it crazy or get it to jack or jack with it in some way. So that all kinds of Mickey Mouse stuff comes up whenever I drive in. Just a thought. I mean, I, I'm like that. I'm a perverse person like that. And I was talking on the pre-show how I like to do things like that. If, if you know, things are messed up, I like to really badly mess it up, you know, with the, like with the McDonald's drive-in or something. My better half always gets mad at me when I do stuff like that. Like when I'm in Home Depot and they got one of those refrigerators where you can look up internet on it and then just leave it on a porn site and stuff. Stuff like that. Or you ever go to the you ever go to Walmart and they have that board where they have like CDs for sale, music for sale, and they always have uh bagpipe music like Scotland. I always hit the bagpipe music and walk away. So that friggin' bagpipe be going in the store. And the old you know, bagpipe music, it carries right through the store. And it just sounds terrible. That's what I do. And she just howls at me. Oh, leave that alone. Stop screwing around. Stop leaving filthy words on electronic billboard bar blackboards when you walk through a store. That's another good thing. Well, an electronic blackboard. <laughs> she gets mad. I don't know why. Why? You know, it's like everyone's worried about offending other people. You know, it's kind of what we were going to talk about today. And this is why I titled the show The Liberal Strike Back. Because no matter what you do, they're going to keep coming at you. And basically, their attitude is this. You can't do anything that'll offend me. You can't eat bacon cheeseburgers because that offends me. You can't do this because that'll offend me. You can't, what, why, what is that? What, where did that come from in a, in a nation which is, prides itself on the protection of free speech? Where did, where did it come from? You know, when I did some research on this about political correctness, and it actually comes from old communism and old Russia, where they had a problem with dissenters. <laughs> Naturally, when when was Stalin running things, everybody dissented. Anyway, so I'm in a silly mood today, so I apologize. 
they came up with this idea that you had to speak and talk in a certain way that was quote unquote politically correct. In other words, accepted by the state. Cause if you didn't, you ended up in the mental house or Siberian work camp. That's where it actually comes from originally. I'm not saying that the liberal of today is referring back to that, but that's, that's the essence, the original idea of where political correctness come from. You're saying something that in some way offends somebody else. And because that offended party is in control or has power, they are going to take it out on you. And that that's really what it's all about. It, it is. You know, take, for example, this Mueller report. There is a large report that Mueller filed with the Justice Department. I don't know how many pages it is. They haven't released the entire thing. What Mueller did was he brought this report. And you know, these reports always show up in big white eight by 12 letter boxes. They're, they're, they're not like you think they are. They're just like sheets of paper in, in a box. And the report shows up and he basically goes to bar and says, look, you don't have to read all of it. That the, all what's in that report is all the investigations we did, where the money went, who we investigated, what we found, what, whatever. Bottom line is this. We've indicted everybody that's guilty of any immediate crime. People like general that we feel like general Flynn, Paul Manafort and whatnot. And there is no conspiracy to steal the presidency from Hillary Clinton through Russian collusion. There's no evidence that that shows that Donald Trump is guilty of any kind of collusion because that's what the investigation was supposed to be about. And the parties that did this, there were about 16 of them that were essentially Russian intelligence agents. They're in Russia. We can't prosecute, but we issued a blanket indictment for all those people should they ever, you know, should we ever have an opportunity to grab them? They're, they're wanted people, basically. And, that, and that's about it. It's a big nothing burger. We, we spent $25 million and whatnot. And everyone says, well, we should make this thing public because, you know, what, what? Transparency. I keep hearing this stupid word. Transparency. We have to let people know. Why? That's the point of the summary report. That's the point of having a Justice Department, an attorney general. That's the point of having a special investigator. Why? He says, no, we're not going to indict anybody. The people we were going to indict were these people. And then the Justice Department, the Attorney General Barr, being the head of the Justice Department, has to read the report, essentially, determine what to do and whether where it should proceed. Should it be referred to the House for investigating? Should it be all any blanket charges been dropped? What, what you know, they got to make a decision about a number of things that are in the report. Everybody wants... Truth. Well, we want to know the truth. Well, you do know the truth. You have some four-page summary. That's what the Mueller report was. It's a four-page summary of what was in there. There's no need to read 1,100 pages of the report. Here's the reason why people really want, the real reason why. Now, there are people on the right wing that want it public for political reasons. They want it shown on the record that we didn't do anything so that everybody, uh, it, it will stop all this nonsense. Well, but it, see, the, here's the thing. It won't. It won't shut anybody up. If you think that, let's say the report is 1,100 pages. If you think that 1,100 pages from Mueller with all the corresponding back evidence to show that, that, that Trump isn't guilty of anything is going to let him somehow off the hook politically, you're sadly mistaken. If you think apologizing to the left wing or somehow making amends to the left wing is going to make a difference, it's not. If it did, I would be the first one to say maybe Donald Trump should make the first move. If I thought that would happen, if I thought that would work. But it's not. So you could put that out of your mind. So that part of it is nonsense. The real reason why everybody wants it public, again, is political. And mainly so that here's what's going to happen. In that huge document that Mueller has, all the investigation, there are names of people that did business with Russian oligarchs, that did business with Russia, that did business with Donald Trump and all the intermediate ties. And these are people that haven't been publicly acknowledged. You know, we all know about the raid on Roger Stone. We all know about the Paul Manafort arrest. But there are literally thousands of people that Mueller interviewed, interrogated, found information on, wasn't worth pursuing and whatnot. And what they want to do is make all this public to expose all these people in an attempt to destroy anyone that had anything to do with Donald Trump, his campaign, or him becoming president. That was, that's the intent. 
They want to destroy all the people around Donald Trump, and they want to do it for political reasons so that nobody ever again will ever support somebody like Donald Trump for the president, and we'll never let somebody outside the establishment win. And this is coming from both the Republicans and Democrats. The Republicans are upset that Bush was shut out and all their crony friends and all their crumb ideas were basically cast aside for Donald Trump. And the Democrats, are, again, it's all a narrative about, I'm, I'm mad that I didn't become president. You know, the, the, the no hell hath fury as a woman scorned, Hillary Clinton. That's what it's all about for the Democrats. They want to be able to go, see, well, Donald Trump talked to this person and this person is guilty of something or Donald Trump is somehow a lousy person because he did business in this way or did business with that person or is moving money in this way. They, that's why they want to get his tax returns. It's all political. There's no point in releasing all these documents. And this whole nonsense about transparency is a bunch of bullshit. It really is. You just want to expose things for your own political gain, both right wing and left. So let's just let it lie. The best thing for the country is to just let it lie. And everyone's like, no, we can't. We got to bring it out. We got to be transparent. If you think that talking about publicly, if you think that making 1,100 pages public and exposing all these people and all these narratives and all these little different angles public is going to somehow make people stop talking about it. You're out of your fucking mind, okay? They're, they're going to use it as a weapon, both right and left wing, against each other. And this is going to go on forever. Best to shut it down. So, I'm, you know, there was a report, 83% of people want to public. It's because 83% of the people don't know what the fuck they're talking about, all right? 83% of the people feel that the Kardashians are worth watching. So, please... No more polls telling what Americans want. Do what's right for America, Mr. Barr. Shut it all down. Say, look, enough is enough. We've heard enough about this report. We've heard enough of these investigations. It's time for this country to move on. We got real problems in this country. We got $22 trillion in debt. We're spending money like a mad drunken sailor. We're spending money at 30% higher than what we're taking in. And we're taking all-time revenues in. Meanwhile, the House, we're in page 45 and page 45. That's all we're getting. They're not doing anything, any legislation. There's no real serious power coming from the House. They've elected a Democrat House. I don't know how many years it's been since they have Democrat. What have they done? Wasted time talking about the Mueller report, talking about Donald Trump impeachment, which is going to go nowhere. There's no way that a 55 Republican majority Senate is going to impeach the president of the United States on a report which shows he didn't do anything. It's not going to happen. All right. The political implications are too severe for the Republican Party to even consider. So in all this talk about making it public, I mean, it's just, they just want something to talk about for the next two years before the election. All right. Don't buy into it. Don't play that game. Let's start talking about what this country needs. Some serious legislation to fix so many things that are broken with it. And that's what Congress is supposed to be doing. It's supposed to be sponsoring legislation to make our lives better. The federal government, that's what its job is. Simplify government. Make it easier. Make it work for the American people. <laughs> Forget it. Now it's all about how we can get rich and how to manipulate the system. Let's talk about some of that obstruction of justice and manipulation of the system with Jesse Smollett. Because this is a travesty of justice that I've not, I have not seen in my lifetime. You know, people talk about how Hillary Clinton got away with murder. I, let's talk about with Jesse Smollett, what happened there. Let's take a break, all right? And when we get back, we'll discuss that. And there's the ways, all kinds of angles to this story and all kinds of layers, and I want to get into some of them. We'll be right back after this brief break. Jesse Smollett is walking away from a 16-count indictment on a fake news hoax. Let me, let me get into this. Jesse Smollett said, one night walking home from the subway with a sandwich in his hand, <laughs> I'm not making it up, that he was assaulted by two people in ski masks, two white people in ski masks wearing MAGA hats. And everybody said, what are you? wow, that's terrible. That's a terrible thing. And then the Chicago police investigated it, and they found some discrepancies in his story. 
And I'm not going to make a judgment on the accuracy of the story. I'm just going to say a grand jury was presented that argument from the police. All the evidence, the videotapes of Smollett coming out of the subway store and going to his hotel room. The testimony of two Nigerians who were involved in this fake news story. There's no question it was fake. That's not an argument. And everyone's going back and forth about it. And they looked at all the evidence and they said, yes, Jesse Smollett is indicted. And when an indictment comes down from a grand jury, it means the grand jury has investigated it, presented an argument and turned it over to the district attorney for prosecution. It is in my recollection when someone gets an indictment for a grand jury, it's never completely dismissed. It's turned over to the Justice Department of that state or that's that state, Illinois Justice Department, district attorney for prosecution. And then the district attorney decides how we're going to prosecute it. Well, what charges are we going to charge him with? What can we prove? What can't we prove? And that kind of thing. I've never heard of an indictment from a grand jury being completely dismissed. I, it's unheard of. And certainly not 16 counts, which means there's substantial evidence. We're not talking about just saying there's a hate crime. There's, we're talking about all kinds of things from paying people off to covering it up to lying on the public, whatever. And for his part, Jesse Smollett, after this dismissal of all charges by Kim Fox, the district attorney, has stuck to his story on top of it. Yes, this happened. Yes, two white people with ski masks and MAGA hats beat me up, and I'm not going to recount my story. However, because I, this is really weird, he's not recounting the story, but he's agreed to do this community service at the request of the district attorney's office to somehow make it right with everybody who thinks it's a hoax. Believe it or not, that's what they're saying. He's going to do this community service, but he's never going to go to trial. He's never going to have an arrest record. He's never going to have a criminal record and a jury is never going to hear the evidence, but he's agreed to do community service. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? If you're innocent of the charges, why would you agree to community service? Obviously something happened. Obviously something that you feel guilty about, right? I'm not, you know, making a judgment here. I think it's up to a jury and a judge to see all the evidence in an impartial hearing the, the defense provides their evidence and the prosecution provides their evidence and then they decide that's not going to happen, but he's going to do community service. Something ain't right with this. Now, here's the interesting thing. The district attorney, Kim Fox, did this on her own. She has the authority to dismiss charges, by the way. Absolute authority. It is her purview as head of the district attorney, as head of the Department of Justice in the state of Illinois to do this. Rahm Emanuel, the mayor of Chicago, where the where the hate crime allegedly happened, claims it's a complete whitewash of events. Interesting term, use of terms. The police chief, the Chicago police chief, is outraged, as, as are most of the civic leaders of the city of Chicago, naturally. There was a brief discussion on social media about why and how it happened. If you want to see an obstruction of justice case, because we're all talking about obstruction of justice with Donald Trump. You want to see obstruction of justice, we'll talk about Jesse Smollett. I'm not saying he's guilty, but it's never going to come to trial. It's never going to come to a jury. How do we know he's not guilty? How do we know he's innocent? And why would you do community service if you're not going to be tried, if you're not guilty of anything? This is what I'm saying about obstruction. There's no justice here for anyone. If Jesse Smollett was, a, it was, act, was attacked, by two white people in MAGA hats with ski masks, he's being railroaded. He's got to do community service for something he didn't do. And on the other hand, where's the justice if he did do it? If he did commit this race uh, crime, if he if this hoax, he's put all these people out. He's created this false narrative and it's caused racial division because naturally black people are going to say, yes, he was attacked. And all the, uh, all the people on the other side, Rahm Emanuel and the police and all that, are on the other side saying, he did. So it's going to cause even more strife and divisions. As I said, there was, people started asking questions. And apparently, apparently, I'm not making this up. There was significant amount of text traffic 
between Michelle Obama and Kim Fox right before it was the announcement was made. So Michelle Obama, Kim Fox are talking to each other. A couple of hands in a hand house. And then all of a sudden she releases the charges. Then it becomes public knowledge that there's all these text messages between Kim Fox and Michelle Obama. Nobody knows the content of it. It's private. All of a sudden, Kim Fox says, well, I'm going to recuse myself from the Jesse Smala case. Yeah, but the deal's already done. So what's the point of recusing yourself? Well, if you decide to prosecute on federal charge, I'm going to recuse myself to show I'm impartial. Are you kidding me? That's the real miscarriage of justice. I Look, I'm not saying Jesse Smollett committed a race hate crime. I thought it's a hoax. Whether people in MAGA had said that, that's not relevant. The fact that a jury is not going to hear it, the fact that Smollett is doing community service, the fact that Kim Fox on her own did this and then recused herself from the case, smacks of complete obstruction of justice and some kind of political nonsense going on. That's the story. The story is not Jesse Smollett gets away with a race hate crime. The, The story is, hey, there's some sort of political malfeasance going on here and collusion between all the parties involved. And then, of course, Ram Emanuel coming out and screaming holy hell about it. Why do you think that is? He's facing re-election. So naturally, he's going to make a stink about it and look like he's the hero when he's really not. He's probably part of it. That SOB, he's probably, he's, he's been, he was Barack Obama's chief of staff, for God's sakes. You don't think that there was a discussion at some point about what to do with Jesse Smollett? Jesse Smollett has been seen as a friend to the Obama administration, to you know, he's the liberal hero. He's on the show Empire, and he's my buddy. And that, and we, because he was facing charges of up to forty years in prison. Man, that those were serious charges of what he did. And now, of course, there's the other part of it. The federal government says, well, he's still facing. He could face federal charges. Why? It's a state crime. You know, I, I, I bitched about this during other administrations. When the federal government steps in to a civil case or a state case, which they normally wouldn't have jurisdiction because they feel that the state case didn't go the way they want it. I can I can I could bring up a number of issues. I probably the most the most one that comes pops to mind was the case of Rodney King. When the policeman got off after beating the hell out of Rodney King and everybody said, well, that's a miscarriage of justice and everybody's going wild. The federal government came in and said, maybe we're going to charge all these cops with civil rights violations. Why? It's, this is a state matter. This is, and, I, and I bitched about it then to all my friends in, in, in political discussions. I bitched about it when Obama spe- did the same thing. Well, let's charge so-and-so with, with federal crimes because we're not happy with the result from a state crime. There's another miscarriage of justice. Why, why would the federal government step in? If only for one reason. We didn't like the result of the state crime. You didn't say anything. You didn't immediately come out and say, Smollett's guilty of a federal crime. Why are you doing it now? Because you're not happy with state crime. Well, that's, in my opinion, wrong. It's the jurisdiction of the state. It's not a federal matter if Jesse Smollett committed some sort of race crime. And everyone will say, you can't let him get away with it. Yeah, well, it sucks. Elections have consequences. You elect Kim Fox. And you know the sad part? On Kim Fox's Twitter account, bringing back honesty, truth, and transparency. There's that word again. Transparency or something like that in her Twitter profile. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You want transparency? Let's see the text messages between you and Michelle Obama. Let's, let's see what the conversation was. You can't tell me that a district attorney, when handed 16 indictments from a grand jury, and then dismisses it summarily with some sort of Mickey Mouse community service deal, didn't have something to do with just her own opinions about Donald Trump, about politics in general, or trying intently to cause a rift between the community at large and the police trying to defend it. That, that's the intent here. It's a community organizer thing. And who's the community organizer, Obama? This is a whole setup. And Rahm Emanuel playing in this thing. Oh, but, you know, this isn't right. And this is a whitewash. I'm sick of it. I really am. And the liberals keep coming at you like that. 
Everyone's talking about how great a week Trump is. Are they talking about that now? Nope. They're talking about Jesse Smollett. Jesse Smollett did this. Jesse Smollett didn't do this. And he did that. And he, the only person that thinks Smollett is innocent is OJ Simpson, probably. And I, and I, and I, and I want to be fair, but I want a jury to hear it. A jury and a judge and evidence to be presented. That's the system we have. If you don't like the way that system works, then change it. Sponsor legislation, amend the Constitution, do it right. But don't just wave the charges because you don't think or you got mad that Trump got elected or you don't think that black people get justice. So you're making up for it in some way. That's ridiculous. You have to defend the system. Here we go with me yelling and ranting about things. We got to move on. I got to talk about the EU's new copyright laws, which are so convoluted and complex, but basically they're trying to lock down any kind of real creativity or political discussion. We'll be right back. If that's all we have, you will find we need nothing more. Every step. This week, the globalists took a shot at American-style free speech. It's, it's getting to the point where you can't say anything that offends anyone in any way. What they're trying to do now is close down copyright laws to the point where you can't even use a photograph in a satirical way. In other words, let's say you take a clip from a movie. And make a GIF out of it. What a GIF is, is a stop motion kind of clip. Maybe a six or five second clip of a scene in a movie. And then you insert a narrative or make a comment on a post and use a GIF to do it. And and if you've used Facebook or Twitter in any way, you know what I'm talking about. A GIF file. Some people call it GIF. Other people call it GIF. Whatever. I'm not going to get into that discussion. The EU has basically said, well, that's a violation of copyright laws because you're using images which are copyrighted, so you can't use it. And we're going to make all kinds of laws which involve imprisonment and fines for people who use these things in not an approved way. And the EU has the balls to come out and say, well, this will allow you to use them more because then anything that's approved is you can use and share freely. How, what kind of nonsense and what kind of argument is that? That's their argument, that somehow you can use it now more because it's approved content. This is nonsense. What it's going to do is essentially shut down free speech. Now, these laws don't affect Americans. If, the, if Berlin or, or Germany, let's say, you makes a law and says, I can't use a clip of oh, what well, we were talking about in the break of James Bond movie. I... I, if I can't, I can't use a clip of James Bond in a GIF, or let's say I take a clip, a movie scene, and then insert a meme. If you've ever know, you know what a meme is. It's a picture with a funny expression, which basically makes a comment on whatever thread you're all talking about. It's a way to really make satirical posts. The most famous meme that I can think of is the Willy Wonka satirical Wonka, where you know Willy Wonka's got that ha ha face, and and you use it in funny ways. They're trying to shut that down. They're trying to shut it off. And, and, and in some cases, they say, well, people who do it as, in a serial way, like people like me, could be in prison. Now, it won't affect me. If I, I'm not a German citizen. These laws will only apply to citizens. But the EU is making the law. And so the big companies like YouTube, Google, and whatnot are going to have to adhere to these laws, which means potentially – if I make a YouTube video, which uses a meme or uses a picture, you know how I used to do this on Liberty Never Sleeps on the, you know, on the entry screen. I used to take a picture and then post what we're talking about. I just use solid colors now. I used to use pictures because I knew these laws were coming. And then they can go back and say, no, that violates our new EU copyright laws. And so therefore this film or this video will be banned in our country. We can't prosecute you, Mr. Purcell, but we can ban your video. Now, this problem has, has, has extended itself in a variety of ways. 
because they now go back on all of the content you have on YouTube and say, this video that you did in 2013 violates our copyright laws. And so now you can't show it anymore unless you remove the video or, or things like that. So your, your content gets thinned and narrowed. Now, big companies can get around that law by paying, of course, what? Huge fee or a huge tax to the powers that be. That may be a licensing company, the EU itself in some way, and go through a variety of sources. So basically what's going to happen is this. Only big companies will be able to freely talk about things or big outlets, news outlets, whatnot. And all the little guys are going to get shut out. They did this with music. If you have a video on YouTube, you can't monetize it or show it in certain countries if it even has one second of that song. Now, American laws are a little different. America, there's a, a concept known as de minimis effect, which is you're just using it for satirical purposes, for commentary, you're using it in a way which isn't showing the whole thing. That's why Apple can put on like 18 seconds of a song to give you a preview of a song before you buy it. If you know anything about iTunes, they, these laws apply to Apple. That's why they can do it. But if you do it on YouTube, for instance, if I make a video and I put in the bumper music, that video gets completely shut down unless I remove the bumper music, unless it's approved, in which case I can show it, but I can't monetize the video. In other words, I can't run ads on the video. And if I do, the money from those ads goes to the marketing company, which owns the rights to the song. That's the way it works. So now what happens on YouTube? Can't show anything. You can't because you can't monetize the video. It's useless. It's useless. They're shutting down the little companies and allowing the big companies to dominate the market. They're converting YouTube to a productive paying model for Google instead of what it used to be, a productive paying model for the little guy who would do little podcasts like this one or uh, little videos. This is why that, that girl went crazy. She was making money with these cat videos and vegetarian videos and whatnot. She was making like a substantial of some money, a few thousand a month, you know, and she'd been doing it for years. And then YouTube comes along and says, well, you can't show this. You can't show that. You can't use these videos and you can't monetize the video. And then furthermore, we're going to change our, our modeling, our monetization modeling so that you get less per click and that sort of thing. And her income dropped almost nothing. And she went crazy from it. It drove her bananas. Basically, she got fired from YouTube. And then she went and took her, her aggressions out on, on the company and went and shot up the place. Now, you understand that if you're aware of these laws, that what they're really doing is shutting down dissent. Because where does dissent come from? It doesn't come from establishment. It comes from what? The little guy. It's never a big company that's unhappy with the system because they're building the system. That's why laws, regulations, restrictions, licensing are all favored by the establishment. I've said this many times. Licensing is the government taking away your rights and then selling them back to you in a form of a fee. That's all it is. And I believe in the total free market. I think anybody wants to perform medicine, they can. If you want to go to some jackass with a butcher knife and let him cut your tumor out, you should have a right to do it. But you can't because it's practicing medicine without a license. People say to me, well, yeah, but then we'll have all kinds of people performing all kinds of jackass surgery and performing all kinds of Mickey Mouse medicine and getting people hurt. You don't think people get hurt now with with bad phys physician decisions? And what happens? Because there's licensing. You trust that doctor. You just go to a doctor. How many of you check credentials of the doctor? How many of you research a doctor before you go to him? Very few. You go to the doctor that what? The insurance company says is okay because he has a license because he has a license to practice medicine. Do you think that makes him any smarter or any better? Of course not. Do you think a driver's license makes a person a better driver? You know, people said, well, all these illegal aliens, they need driver's license. And I go, why? Why do they need a driver's license? Well, so that they can operate a motor vehicle properly and efficiently. You think that they don't get in accidents? You think they don't operate their vehicle in an injudicious manner? Do you think a licensed person never does a DUI? Of course they do. Licensing has no, no relevance on that, no bearing on that. 
It's not going to stop anything. In fact, in some ways, it encourages it because it gets people careless about who they go to, what they do, what they buy, how they behave. And all the EU is doing is shutting down with these new laws dissent. The little guy who says, you know what? I'm going to make fun of the big guy. I'm going to put this meme out or this GIF out, or I'm going to make this podcast and put little music clips on it. And I'm going to talk about these clips, or I'm going to air this radio show and talk about these songs. And I'm going to talk about it in an injudicious manner. Oh, I can't do that. We're not getting paid on it. It's all about this. And the sad part, the really sad part is that these little snippets or these little community activist videos actually sell more music than the big companies do. And you know why? Because somebody will listen to a song and go, well, I haven't heard that song in years. I think I'm going to go buy it or because I want it or take it. And they, and people do this. And by shutting off the little guy and shutting off a way for you to hear these songs or this music or this GIF or this film or this sick picture, people don't get to see it at all. People don't get to remember. I mean, let's face it. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory would have faded into oblivion unless it wasn't for this meme. Everyone was like, well, what's, who's this guy, Wonka? That's the shameful part. Artists are making less money because of it. And instead, big companies are making and squeezing every last little dollar or jacking up the price where you don't want to buy it. That's the shameful thing of it. That's the sad part. That's the thing that they're not telling you, that it actually closes down royalties for individual arts. And the little guy artist, the guy who plays his guitar on a YouTube video and wants to play a song or something like that, he gets completely shut out because he doesn't have the power and the money to get his video advertised. Because now Google and YouTube, which gets a cut of these royalties, is only going to want you to watch those videos. YouTube used to be a great source of freedom of speech. It's not anymore. It's just a forum for big companies to put their videos out. You do a search on YouTube, what you get? Big companies. You don't get all the little mom and pop. You know, how, you know, remember how we used to have these, we used to see these little videos of like talking dogs and stuff and you don't see them too much anymore. And do you know why? Because it's not profitable for people to make those videos. No one wants to make a video if they're not going to get any revenues from it, if they're not going to make any money from it. And that's, that's the sad part. We need to move on. I need to have another discussion about the wall because so many people are misinformed about what's being built on the wall and what isn't. Ann Coulter is hammering Donald Trump on this, unnecessarily so. I want to talk about it again. There's another aspect to it. And then we got to talk about the 57 to vote on the new Green Deal. We'll be right back after this brief break. Diamonds are forever. Hold one up and then caress it. Touch it, stroke it, and undress it. The wall, border wall between us and our southern neighbors, Central America, Mexico. Been a lot of talk about it lately. So many people are misinformed about what the emergency order does. They're not too misinformed about the implications of it. They know that some sort of barrier is going up, but they don't understand really what, where and what and how it happens. The government, Congress, failed to legislate any kind of money. House money needs to be appropriate, money for spending, when government spends money, has to originate in the House and has to be, go to the Senate and then be signed by the president. However, the president pulled an end around on Congress and saying, well, I have these discretionary funds that have been appropriated for by Congress, and I'm going to use them for this national emergency, and we need to build a wall. Okay, these are all legal things, and there is a system in place to challenge it. There's court orders, there's a Senate override of the veto, and that's why I say the system's working. The president is, is not in any violation of anything. He's doing what is allowed by law, declaring an emergency order. He is using the money that it has been appropriated for discretionary use, which means it's at his will. If you don't want the president to do this, don't give him the money to do it. And Senate voted to override his veto and was unsuccessful, did not have the votes. The system works. That's the way it's supposed to work. Everyone gets to say, 
And on the end, the powers that be and the way the system is designed determine what happens. That's the way it's supposed to be, folks. Doesn't matter if you support the wall. Doesn't matter if you don't. I support the system. The president has a right under the laws of this country to do what he did. Congress has a right to stop him. They did not come up with enough votes. That, that means the American people had their say because we elect senators and we elect congressmen and those are our representatives. That's how a republic works. And we had our say and more people than not want the wall built. And that's why the representatives couldn't override the veto. Okay. And then you also have another say with judicial orders and the judicial, there is lawsuits that are going to start. States, individual states can file a lawsuit against the emergency order and then the Supreme Court can decide. Good. That's the way the system works. And if the Supreme Court decides to stop Donald Trump, it can. Period. They can declare his emergency order unconstitutional because it violated the separation of powers, because it, it, it appropriated funds, which the House didn't authorize. But there's a couple aspects to this that nobody wants to talk about or nobody understands. First of all, the emergency order that Donald Trump issued to build the wall is a problem because a next president, Republican or Democrat, can simply go, I'm going to stop it. I'm going to end the emergency order, cancel the, the funding, and basically the tractor stop moving. That's the problem with it. If you don't have legislation, the next president, because it's an executive order, can countermand it. That's what happened to Barack Obama. A lot of the things that Barack Obama did have been reversed by because he did it through executive order. And Donald Trump has been doing left and right, basically reissuing these executive orders. So when, when I say that the problem with the wall is the executive order, it's not that I don't support the president or support the wall or the idea of it. It's just I understand the implications of it. It will only last until the next president, whether it happens in 2020 or 2024. I know full well the Republicans want an open border. So it's only, I mean, if Vice President Pence becomes president after Donald Trump in 2024, he will countermand it. Trust me when I tell you that. Because he is a member of the establishment. All right? That's the problem with it. This is the second problem. The president only has a certain amount of discretionary funds available. He could pull it from a number of different sources. Mostly it's coming from the military because the Army Corps of Engineers is doing the construction work. That's the power that he has. He doesn't have power to authorize private companies to do this, except as contractors with the military. So the, the amount of wall that's being built is going to be slow and it's going to be limited. I think the money that's been appropriated, both $1.3 billion from Congress in the, in the legislation that he signed, in the budget deal. And then the discretionary funds, I think it's up to 8 billion total if through a variety of, I, I'm not sure the exact, I'm some point. We'll only build at most hundred miles of wall. We're talking about 2,300 mile border. hundred miles of wall is a good thing. It's not going to stop illegal immigration. It's not even going to make a dent. It's going to change the lives for who? Well, people around the hundred miles of the border wall. As we well know, my, the border wall areas where it's been built have been relatively free of illegal immigration. Falls work. It's difficult and problematic to dig under them, climb over them. Usually when people climb over them, they get injured or the border patrol has time to see them, spot them, capture them. There's also electronic walls, electronic surveillance that does work in some cases, the helicopters, border patrol, active patrolling. But if you think that it's going to make a dent in illegal immigration, you're out of your mind. It's not. They're just going to go somewhere else. There's going to be a new problem area. It doesn't mean I don't support. It doesn't mean that I don't think it's a good idea. It's a good idea to get the 100 walls of our It's 100 walls more than we had before. But I don't believe that it's going to change that. And that's what Ann Coulter's attitude is, too, in some respects. Now, she's crazy about it. She thinks that it completely invalidates Trump's presidency because he didn't get the wall as promised built. I don't believe that. Donald Trump is doing what he has available to him with the powers of be because he didn't do it in his first two years when he should have. It's, it's water under the bridge, spilt milk. There's no sense beating up the president anymore about it. You can't do anything about it. So we have to understand that that's what's happening. We only have a limited amount of resources because the powers that be don't want the wall, both right and left. 
And Donald Trump is doing what he can with the powers that he has available and the money he has available. Good for him. In my opinion, he's honoring the campaign promise he made to Americans as best he can. Certainly better than any politician has in the past with campaign promises. It's certainly going to affect all the lives of people that are living in and around these border walls, which are being built supposedly in the worst areas of the country. Good. That's a good thing. But the real reason that illegal immigration is a problem is not the illegal immigrant running through an intersection and hitting a child and killing him. That's not the real problem. It's a problem. Don't get me wrong. The real problem is the mass flood of illegal immigration does two things. It affects the national census count so that the House of Representatives gets altered as a result. In other words, California has a certain amount of representatives in Congress, right? And that's based on population. Your population of your state determines how much representation you have in the House of Representatives, not in the Senate but in the House of Representatives. And the census has been barred by law from determining whether somebody is a citizen or not. So therefore, millions of illegal aliens in California and New York and other sanctuary areas and states are overrepresented in Congress. They have more power than they should. California has more representatives than they should. New York has more representatives than they should. Most, a lot of states do. But you understand that in states which are strong blue states like California and New York, they have too much power in Congress. They would not have that much say. And with open borders being continued, because 100 miles of wall won't make a difference in, in the long run, in the, in the big scale of things, that representation and that slant in the powers will continue. And the House of Representatives will continue to have more and more and more Democratic leanings. It means that one branch of government is now completely lost to illegal immigration. Then there's the other fact that illegal immigrants now are being grandfathered into a voting system, which allows them to vote. Don't tell me they can't vote. There's all kinds of ways around the system. And we know that they're being Oprah representative at the ballot box in a number of different ways, in particular in California with something called ballot harvesting, where some one person goes to a whole bunch of people, collects all their ballots and turns them in at the ballot box. That's legal in California. So you understand what happens. A whole bunch of illegal aliens get stuff in the mail because they've got a false ID under a false social security number. Then they take those empty ballots and they hand them to the ballot harvesters Then just fills in whatever they want and turns it in. And it's legal. It's legalized ballot box stuffing. And not, don't forget, it also alters the electoral college count. The electoral college the way we elect a president, representative government again, remember, is based on what? Census. In other words, how many people in the state? There's no distinction between a citizen and an illegal alien. So now California and New York have more representatives in the electoral college than they should have. So naturally, the blue wall starts to increase. It starts to get higher. And this happens in every state. This is a problem. And so this, this is the way that the liberals get more power in the House. They control one branch of government, and then they gradually increase the Electoral College, eventually resulting in what? A Democrat presidency. And that's two houses of government that are now controlled by the liberals. And when you got two of the three, you win in this game. That's why Ann Coulter's going nuts. That's why she says Donald Trump may be the last Republican president ever elected, and it's entirely feasible. Think about it. The last two Republican presidents, George Bush, Donald Trump, won because of why? An electoral college anomaly. In the case of George Bush, there was a dead tie, in a statistical tie in the popular vote, a statistical tie. Both Al Gore and George Bush got almost the same amount of votes. Donald Trump lost the popular vote count. Hillary Clinton got more unpopular votes. They were both present, the last two. So what's going to happen as that increases with the blue wall, with states saying, well, we're going to vote. Doesn't matter what our state votes. We're going to send our electors there based on the national popular vote. As that slant increases, it's entirely possible Ann Coulter is right. 
And that's why she's going crazy. Because it means with the control of the House of Representatives and the control of the presidency, the liberals will have a deadlock on this country ad infinitum. So she's justified in being crazy about it. It can be changed, though. That's where I differ with her. It can be changed. If we get aggressive about it, if we get smart, if we understand that's happening, if we change our laws, if we legislate out illegal aliens, you legislate out about sanctuary states, get tough with them. We can stop this nonsense from going forward. It, it doesn't, it's not all Donald Trump's fault. It's been going on for 30 plus years. So it's unfair of her to say, oh, Donald Trump is the problem. No, the problem is the Republicans in our country that are strong, the establishment, not standing up for the rights of the American people. And our right as citizens is that our representation should be reflective of the actual population that resides in this country, not an illegal alien. We got to move on. And that's why I needed, I felt the need to bring it up because people are talking about it. You, this is why I say you can't involve yourself with a cult of personality and you need to look at the facts. And the facts are the wall as they're building it now is not going to be effective in the long run. And we need to be realistic about it. We need to get serious about it. If you want to build a wall, do what Saudi Arabia is doing on their Iraq border. They're serious about it. We got to talk. We got only a few minutes left. I got to talk about that 57-0 vote. We'll be right back. Okay, we only have a few minutes left. I uh, just want to remind you that we're a crowdfunded show. Donate a couple bucks at Patreon. If you donate $10 or more, you get access to our Friday show. And we also have other bonuses if you donate more. Just a little quick ad there before we move forward. There was a vote in the Senate on the new Green Deal. As you well know, the new Green Deal talks about you know converting everything into a rail travel from air travel no more cows, all kinds of ridiculous nonsense that can't possibly happen. Completely tear down every non-essential building and rebuild it, that kind of thing. Just stupid. I mean, it was written on a, on a, 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 a macaroni's grill menu with a crayon, all right? It's a joke. It's junk. It's a junk bill. It's done for political purposes. It has no real meaning. Mitch McConnell decided to put all the Democrats on record, though, just to stick it to him just to make fun of him, to make a point. So he decided to take this raw House bill, which he can do because it was submitted by the House of Representatives, it was approved by the House of Representatives, something like 300 votes to nothing. It was ridiculous because they knew that the Senate would never pass it, right? Why? Sure, why not say yes? You're never going to make this law. It'll look good on my resume as when I'm running for president because you well know most of the people running for president are congressmen. So Mitch McConnell put it to the vote on the Senate floor, and naturally, nobody put it on record. The vote was zero votes for it, 57 against. Now, I saw this, and I go, 57? Wait a minute. There's 100 senators. Why isn't the vote 100 to nothing? Where did the other 43 go? Here's the interesting thing. 43 people just voted present. They don't, they don't even have the balls to vote abstain. They just voted present. In other words, I'm I'm there for the vote, but I'm not going to vote on it. What is what does that tell you? If you're a, a a a thinking person, what does that tell you? It means they actually support something like this, but they don't want to say no because they want to be able to go back to their constituents and say, "Well, I didn't vote no on it." They secretly support it. They're not going to vote yes. Because that would be politically catastrophic, too, because then they'll be on the record of voting to eliminate every plane in the United States. But secretly, they support it. This is a red flag for us Republicans, because if they ever get the Senate, this kind of nonsense is going to move forward. That's what that vote tells me. Fifty. Everyone's saying 57. See, nobody wants it. No, 43 do want it. Pay attention to the vote. Where do those 43 people go? Voting present. What kind of nonsense is that? 
you know, it used to be yay or nay. You like it or you don't. How hard is that? Well, we can't. And then it isn't even a real vote. It's like a a, a, a fake vote or a, or a test vote. What the hell is that? Vote on it. You're a senator. You're supposed to represent your constituents. What's best for them? You're supposed to read the bill and vote on it. Let's do it. Let's put it on record. Yay or nay. And if you don't, if you can vote, because you can vote, abstain. Let's get you on the record. I'm going to abstain for the vote. Oh, really? How come? That's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the 43 people that voted present. Why does that vote exist? And why can they do that? Let's talk about that. Everyone wants to talk about 57. Oh, 57. Ha ha. Didn't give a big deal. We knew it wasn't going to get passed. Nobody's going to vote that vote every plane out of the sky unless they get control of the Senate. Those sons of bitches are serious about this. 43 people voted present. That means they don't want to go on the record. Not yet. But you watch. The Democrats get control of the Senate. Something like the Green New Deal will go forward. And they're serious about it. This worries me. This worries me that 43 people who are smart enough to know better are willing to destroy the American economy to do it, to get their own agenda for it, to basically say to people, you can't have a bacon cheeseburger anymore. They're willing to do that. There's These sons of bitches are willing to tear every plane out of the sky, tear every building down and rebuild it, tell every person in the United States you can't have a cheeseburger. They're willing to do it. They just don't want to be on record yet. Yet. See, this is like public health care. Whenever public health care, whenever socialized medicine came up, they would always vote no. Oh, we don't want that. We don't want that because the Republicans were in charge. Then they got a Democrat president. Then they got a Democrat Senate and had a Democrat House. And all of a sudden, all of these guys come out of the woodwork and say, oh, yeah, I'm all for it. Because now they know they can ram it down the throats of the American people and there isn't anything anybody can do about it. So when you see this vote, 57 to zero, that's not a victory. There's 43 people that are willing to do some kind of nonsense like the New Green Deal. There's 43 people who will vote on a bill that was voted on on a crayon, that was written out of the crayon. There are 43 people in the United States Senate that think it's a smart idea to eliminate every plane in the sky or even a viable idea or a practical idea. Well, it's not really, you know, we can always modify it. Yeah, like Obamacare. Remember how we were told? Well, it's a start. It's a start. Really? That's the start? Eliminating and converting the entire healthcare system over to a government fascist bureaucracy? That's a start? What's the finish? What's the end job? Smothering a pillow over people's faces? They're serious about this, man. These are people who are wealthy, know things, know better, college educated. That's what the Senate's supposed to be. It's supposed to be the smarter, cooler, wiser heads, right? The the more responsible leaders of our society. 43 people acting irresponsibly, saying we're going to eliminate every plane in the sky. We're going to rebuild every building. I want you to consider that. This is a reality, folks. This is nothing to crow about. This is the liberals striking back. They're coming back at us. And they're they're relentless. And they're going to do this at some point unless we stop them. Don't be fooled by it. Don't think this is all over. It ain't. It's just the beginning. This is what they want to do. These are the people that booed God at their own convention. We're out of time. Once again, we're out of time. I don't have time to, to go into another story. I'd like to. There's all kinds of stuff in the news. We'll get to it tomorrow. But this is what I mean by the liberal strike back. They're relentless, these guys. And they're extremists, man. You know, I wish we had enough. We had more Republican extremists. We had more people that say we need to eliminate the Department of Education, eliminate Department of Housing and Urban Development, eliminate Department of Energy. I wish we had more people like that. We don't have enough of them. We really don't. Yeah, I'm an extremist. I'm a conservative extremist. I believe in what? Constitutional rule. Small government, low taxes. I guess that's extreme now. Sue me. We're out of time. Hope you enjoyed today's show. If you really did and you want to see more of it and you like to see more of these shows, you can donate at our site, our Patreon site. Uh, 
$10 or more gets you access to our Friday private show where we review the week's stories and then give you some more inside side information about the show. And then uh, if you donate, I, I ask our listeners to donate $2 or more to be a supporter of the show. And then you get your name in the credits and a little, you're a supporter, five, $10, 15 people who donate more are given special thank yous. We send books out and special gifts to those who donate more. All the details are on our site at Patreon. Anyway, take care folks. Have a good one. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.